0: Good afternoon, Memorial Baptist friends and family, and welcome back to our midweek edition of our podcast for November 4th, 2020. By the way, there are only seven more weekends until Christmas. (laughs) Man, oh man, this year is almost gone. 2021 will be here before we know it, and I, I hope you're having a great week this week. You know, our weather's been most pleasant lately with warmer temperatures during the day, but cooling off in the evening. I just want to thank the Lord for beautiful sunrises and sunsets, and you know, we're so blessed to live in God's wonderful creation. Well, I would, I would love to comment on the election results, but it seems like we may not know who won some of these races for a while yet. Uh, this has been such a crazy year, and this just adds to the outlandish nature uh, of this entire year. I would just ask, may God help us all, because we need it. Uh, Meanwhile, in Things Closer to Home at Memorial, we're planning on opening up for Sunday School this Sunday, uh, November 8th. Uh, We're adding back our children's classes with Casey Jumper and her crew leading and teaching our children. Uh, We will also see Jeff and Hannah Watts uh, leading our Sunday morning youth Bible study with Ross and Holly Allen, assisting and doing some teaching uh, as well with our students Um, Additionally, uh, Kyle, Tanner, and Gary Harris will be leading a combined Bible study uh, for young and median adults. They will be meeting in our worship center. Uh, Our senior adults will continue to be led by John Webb uh, in our fellowship hall. Oh, and I I don't want to leave out our NBC college ministry with Braden Tanner, who's leading, and we'll be meeting at 9.30 a.m. in the college ministry area. All of our Sunday morning classes will begin at 9.30 a.m. and finish up around 10.30 a.m. so that we can all attend worship together at 10.45 a.m. Uh, what a great time, though, for uh, getting back and coming back and getting involved in church. Um, we're looking forward to uh, ministering in, through these Bible study times together. Um, we're also uh, receiving deacon nominations for Uh, memorial baptist deacons we have deacon nomination forms out on the table that is located in the entryway to the worship center and anyone wishing to nominate a deacon candidate may do so by filling out the the form and dropping it in the offering box uh, which is out in the great hall you can also turn those in to the church office if if you choose to Um, operation christmas child is in full swing Uh, We need all of the filled shoeboxes to be returned back to the church uh, with the proper postage uh, by next Sunday, November 15th, uh, 2020. And so if you would do that, we would greatly appreciate that. On another topic, all of our membership uh, should have received by this point a copy of the 2021 proposed ministry budget for Memorial Baptist Church. We'll be voting on our 2021 annual budget on November 29th, November 29th of this year, immediately following our morning worship. Uh, If you have any questions uh, concerning our our budget proposal, uh, please call the church and and talk to us so we can discuss your concerns. Um, We need everyone's help pulling in the same direction and most of all God's help in order for us to see this budget realized. But thank you so much for your faithfulness to God and His kingdom work through giving to ministry through our church. Um, You know, we we love God, and then we love others, and we we serve uh, those out in the world. So, uh, love God, love others, serve the world. Now, before I get into our scripture, uh, which is going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, I would like for us to pray together. And... um, I would just ask that, uh, would you pray with me as I lead us in prayer? Loving Father, I thank you for uh, being our God. I thank you that that you are a mighty God, that you are a holy God, um, that you love us so very much. Uh, Father, I'm just praying now and lifting before you our, our country, our nation. Um, Father, I know that um, our country has been very divided. So I pray, Father, that you would bring unity in this nation. I pray that you would uh, just guide the, the outcome of this uh, these elections. I pray, Father, that your, uh, your peace would just um, uh, blanket this country. I pray, Father, that you would just guide us in that and, and Father, that you would just see um, we know that you are in control of all things, so I just pray that that your will would be done. Uh, Father, we leave it with you. I lift up our homebound members. I ask God that you would uh, that they would experience your presence uh, with them even now, just in a very real way Father, that through this time of of being shut in of of covid and other things, I pray Father that that you would just meet them uh, right where they are. I pray that every need that they have would be met. Uh, Father, use us to meet those needs. Um, Father, I'm asking also for comfort for those who are hurting. Uh, Maybe they're grieving, maybe they're hurting, maybe they've been ill, maybe they've fallen. Um, But Father, that that you would bring comfort and healing to those who are hurting and those who are are ill. Father, I ask that... uh, that your comforter, the Holy Spirit, would, would just be with those who are struggling emotionally. Father, that uh, during this time, I know there's a lot of uh, emotionally uh, charged issues that are going on, and I just pray, Father, that you would bring comfort to those who are struggling. And I ask, Father, for those who are in spiritual darkness, that you would bring uh, your light, even again at this time. Father, that, that your light would shine forth into those light into those lives where uh, there is much spiritual darkness. I lift up, Father, our our ministries at Memorial. Uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, be with each of the ministries as we minister to people uh, in real time. I pray, Father, that these ministries would be a blessing to people and that they would honor you, Father, and. Uh, Father, that you would be in and through all of those ministries, whether it's men's ministry, women's ministry, Feed My Sheep, uh, Sunday School, whatever it might be, Father, that, that you would just be in and through all of those. Uh, Father, I lift up our, our Memorial Baptist staff to you. Um, i just thankful, Father, for the, 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 the super great team that I work with. And I pray, Father, that you would just continue to encourage them, we thank you for the encouragement that we received from uh, our membership, uh, especially this last month, but uh, every week we are encouraged uh, as we see uh, volunteers, as we see people working beside us, uh, encouraging us, and Father, so I just thank you for our staff. Uh, I just want to lift up uh, Braden and Caroline. I pray, Father, for them and, and uh, Hattie and Georgia. I pray that you would bless them. I pray, Father, that you would just take care of every need that they have. Uh, I lift up Jeff and Hannah to you. I thank you for their marriage. I thank you for uh, their life together. And I pray, Father, that you would bless the ministry there, that that you would confirm the works of their hands. And, Father, for Casey and Corey, I pray that you would be with them and Shiloh as they uh, work together and, and serve together. I pray, Father, that you would just make a way, Uh, in their lives, Father, for the the things, the blessings that you have for them. And um, Father, I want to lift up also uh, Lori Deaver. I pray that you would be with her and her daughters. I ask, Father, that you would just continue to show yourself mighty in their lives. And uh, Father, that you would do this for your glory. Uh, Father, I know that we've Uh, put uh, some money in the budget next year for some some staff positions and so i pray for those uh, people who you will be um, bringing uh, to join our staff and i ask father that that you would prepare their hearts that you would prepare our hearts and father that it would be for your glory i lift up the budget to you Uh, next year's budget i pray that you would help us to accomplish and realize that budget father That you would, uh, we can't do it without your help. Uh, Apart from you, we can do nothing. And so we ask God that you would just supply the need. And uh, Father, as we work faithfully and diligently and serve one another and love one another, that you would continue to show yourself mighty uh, in Memorial Baptist Church. Father, I want to lift up our neighbors uh, to you. (coughs) Our neighbors who. maybe don't know jesus christ and so father i pray for the people who live in the the houses all around our church i pray that we could be salt and light to them and father i pray that you would draw them to yourself i pray that you're you would save the souls of men and women and father that you would bring about a sweeping revival in the in your people and father that that we would be on fire for you and and telling others about what a great god we have And what a a wonderful Savior we have in Jesus Christ. And what a great uh, comforter we have in the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would be glorified uh, today in everything that we say, think, and do. Guide us as we continue to seek you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, my own personal study in the book of Hebrews, especially here in this 11th chapter, Uh, Has been super, and it's it's come to a timely at a timely season in my life, uh, in my own experience to to walk by faith. However, in my study of these these three verses for today, I've I've had a difficult time uh, at first trying to get any you know real spiritual truth. I just didn't quite see it, but I I came to the conclusion that there are two themes uh, in these three verses. One is facing death by faith. And the second one is accepting God's promises by faith. You know, Soren Kierkegaard, a Danish theologian and philosopher, he made a a profound statement. He said, there comes a midnight when all men must unmask. You know, we talk about wearing masks, and a lot of us are uh, full on into that with the the COVID pandemic, but not just with the, the pandemic, but All people wear masks, and they try to hide their true identity. And for every one of us, in in one way or another, life is is like a masquerade. We try to hide our faults from others. We try to cover up our inadequacies so they won't be seen. We think that the masks that we are wearing hide our true selves from those who would know us. And some people wrestle with life more honestly, and, and a few of their masks come down in this life. But no one... I say no one has defeated totally the problem of hypocrisy. However, there is a final midnight when we will all be unmasked, and that midnight is the time of death when all a person's life will be laid bare before Almighty God. You know, most people fear death and they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to think about it. Maybe you are even now saying to yourself, I'm interested in life, not death. I want to talk about life. Don't bring up death. But fear, fear of death, is natural because death is a person's greatest foe. You know, but as with all other enemies, death must be faced. Someone has said life is not comprehended truly or lived fully unless the idea of death is wrestled with honestly. It was Billy Graham who said we are not prepared to live until we are prepared to die. And we must gain the victory over the fear of death or life will not reach its fullest and deepest meaning for us. See, because people run from death, they never stop long enough to consider the reasons for their intense fear of it. One very obvious reason people fear death is that they don't know what lies beyond this life and what the final time of unmasking will be like. I mean, if we only knew, you know, only knew what to expect, it wouldn't be so bad. In other difficulties, we can usually find someone who can, that we can trust to guide us through hard times. In other circumstances, there may be someone who's had the same experience, who can tell us what to expect and maybe best how to face it. But death is not that way. There's no other human who can help a person in death because there's no one who has experienced death who ever came back to tell us about it. This, there is someone who died and rose from the dead who knows all about death, and that is Jesus Christ the God-man. Only God, as he is revealed in Christ, can help a person at the moment of death because only a deep faith in the living God can ever take away the fear of death. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20 uh, and uh, 21 and 22, we have three men, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph all of whom were facing death. But as we're going to find, none expressed fear of dying. Each one instead was marked by confidence and hope. They had a desire right up to the end of their lives to see God's promises fulfilled. And they had learned in their lifetime to trust God, and so they were ready to trust God in death. They were men of faith, and the the person of faith does not have to fear because they die the same way they live, by faith. See, unless we trust God in life, we will have no one whom we can trust in death. Read with me, if you will, in Hebrews chapter 11. I want to read verse 20, and then we'll read verse 21 in a little bit, and verse 22 later, but Isaac faces death and believes God. Verse 20 says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. See, Isaac knew that death was imminent for him because he was an old man. By faith, Isaac pronounced prophetic benedictions on his two sons, Jacob and Esau. See, when they were accurately accomplished in history, just as he Predicted All of these things happened. The things to come refers to the respective futures of these two boys. The background for this incident can be found in Genesis chapter 27. See, Isaac had twin sons, Esau and Jacob. Esau was Isaac's favorite son because he was the first one to come out of his mother's womb. He was the firstborn, if you will, of the twins. Esau, by human standards, was given the birthright. He was the one to be given the birthright. And the birthright meant more than receiving a double portion of the father's inheritance, but that through this particular line of descendant would come the Messiah. See, Jacob, however, was the favorite son of Rebekah, Isaac's wife. And Rebekah had been informed by God that God was going to give it was going to reverse the birthright and the respective destinies of these twins. If you read in Genesis 25, verse 23, it says, And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples shall be separated from your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. See, I'm, I'm convinced in my own mind that Rebecca somehow made this Revelation clear to Isaac. But Isaac took it with a grain of salt and was determined to give the blessing to Esau. Rebekah, however, believed what God had said concerning Jacob and she helped the younger twin, Jacob, to deceive his father and receive the better blessing. Isaac was blind. He was about to bestow the blessing on Esau when. She fixed Jacob up and put sheepskin around his neck and on his hands and consequently Isaac thought Jacob was Esau. And Isaac being deceived, he gave the blessing to Jacob and this is, this is the blessing that he gave to Jacob in Genesis twenty seven, twenty eight, and 29. It says this, it says, Now may God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you, and be blessed those who bless you. Now, whatever human means were used, and they were deplorable, for Jacob to getting that blessing, Jacob was God's choice, and God's will was done. See, Isaac was the custodian of the promises, which God had given to Abraham, his father. In Jacob's blessing, we read, Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. This is a definite part of the the covenant that God made with Abraham in Genesis 12. In this blessing, Isaac passed the responsibility of the covenant on to Jacob. With this act, he also expressed a great confidence in God that God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, a land, a great nation, and the promised seed through whom Messiah would come and the world would be blessed. You see, Isaac also later blessed Esau and predicted the future accurately concerning his future. In verse thirty nine and forty it says, Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling, and you excuse me, and away from the dew of heaven from above, and by your sword you shall live, and your brother you shall serve. it, it shall come about when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. I mean, in in what spectacular way did Isaac exercise faith in God? I mean, after Jacob had deceived his father and received the blessing, Esau discovered the matter and reported it to his father. And Isaac, being aware of God's sovereign plan, refused to take away the blessing from Jacob and give it to Esau. He would not revoke his blessing. Verse 32 and 33 says, and, and Isaac, Genesis 27, says, I, and Isaac his father said to him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was he then that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate of all of it before you came and blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. Even though Esau, Esau was his favorite, Isaac would not reverse his decision. And he bowed to the divine creed of what God wanted. You know, we read in Romans chapter 9, uh, verse 10 and following, it says this, it says, And not only this, but there was Rebekah also when she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac. For through the twins, were, for though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose, according to his choice, might stand, not of, because of works, but because of him who calls, it was said to her, the older will serve the younger. See, this incident in the blessing of, of Jacob and Esau shows us clearly that God's plans come about in spite of the wrong actions of people, of men. God rules and overrules, and his hidden plans are never frustrated by people. You know Proverbs 19:21 says, "Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand." Or over in Psalm 33 uh, verse 10, it says, "The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans. Of the people. Or in Isaiah 46, remember the former things long past, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. See, death was imminent for Isaac but he thought only of passing the blessing of Abraham on to his son. There seemed to be no fear of death, but anticipation and certainty of faith in God. Isaac learned in life that God could be trusted, and he also knew God could be trusted in death. This second verse that we're going to read talks about Jacob facing death and believing in God. It says this, it says, by faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. You know, when faced with death, Jacob blessed the two sons of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim, indicating his belief in the promise made to Abraham. Manasseh, the oldest son, was to receive the blessing, but Jacob crossed his hands. And the blessing fell on Ephraim, through whom the Messiah would come. In Genesis chapter 48, verse 16, it says, The angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and may my name live on in them, and the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. You see, Jacob had become and was the custodian of the promise. Verse 3 and 4 in Genesis 48 says, Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of peoples, and I will give this land to your descendants after you for an everlasting possession." So Jacob, in the early part of his life, was not, had not walked close to God. But after God appeared to him and confirmed the, the covenant in him that, he had, that God had had with, with Abraham, his life began to change. And he walked by faith. And at his death, he was confident that God would keep his promises to his children and, and give them the promised land. Verse 21 of Genesis 48 says this, Then Israel... Said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Folks, that is a, that is a key statement. Then Israel, who had been called Jacob, is now called Israel, said to Joseph, Behold, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. See, when facing death, Jacob, who was also called Israel, um, showed no fear, no uncertainty, but was a man who worshiped God, knowing that God was faithful to his earthly promises and heavenly promises. He was not afraid of death. He, He lived by faith, and now he must die by faith as well. Jacob's worshiping on top of his staff happened before he blessed Joseph's sons. Joseph had heard that his father was near death, and he visited him privately. And, And Jacob asked Joseph to swear that he would not bury him in Egypt, but rather in the cave of Machpelah with his ancestors. When Joseph swore that he would do so, Jacob then bowed in worship. So we have an old man whose body is weak, but whose faith is strong in God's promises. And although all of his descendants are now living comfortably, I must say very comfortably in Egypt, he doesn't want to signal that that is okay. When Joseph agrees to bury him in Canaan, he worships God because he sees in Joseph's promise a glimmer of hope that God will fulfill his promises. The staff may be symbolic for the pilgrim life that Jacob had lived as an heir of the promise of Abraham, His hope was not in this life, but in God's promises for a better country, namely a heavenly one. Even so, he was dying as a poor man in a foreign land. He died in faith in God's promise. So Joseph faces death and believes God. If we look at verse 22, it says, By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. See, Joseph, by faith, believed God for things to come. Even though he was living in the luxury of Egypt as the prime minister of that country, he was a man of the future For he knew that God would bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. That's what it says, you know, in in Genesis 50, verse 24, it says, And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely take care of you and bring you up from this land to the land which he promised on oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. See, he believed in God's promise and he knew that it would come about even though he did not exactly know how it would happen. But Joseph predicted the exodus. Even though the children of Israel were comfortably settled in Egypt, enjoying high privilege and great influence in the royal court, the exodus did not actually take place until 400 years later. See, Joseph was confident that Israel would leave Egypt, that he made the Israelites promise to take his bones with them when they left. Genesis 50 verse 25 says, Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely take care of you, and you shall carry my bones up from here. See, Joseph had trusted God all through his life, and he was ready to trust the Lord in death. God would be faithful in death as he was faithful in life. Joseph had a calm assurance and confidence that God was faithful. There was no fear, only commitment to God and confidence that God would keep his promise. May I suggest to you another reason Joseph wanted his bones removed from Egypt was that on resurrection day, that on resurrection day, he would be raised in the promised land. Joseph could have been buried in an Egyptian tomb, one of those fancy pyramid things, but he chose a mere coffin, a temporary burying place because he had a higher hope than an earthly tomb. He believed in resurrection. So what kind of application do we have for believers in this? I mean, think about this. Isaac... Jacob and Joseph, they were all wealthy men, but on their deathbeds, they were not talking about their earthly riches. They were more concerned with spiritual riches. They thought about the future and they thought about God's blessing. The promises of God gripped their souls and prepared them for death. You know, as parents and grandparents, we should seek spiritual blessings for our children above worldly success. Ephraim and Manasseh, they were the sons of the second most powerful man in Egypt. They had been raised in the most luxurious conditions in the world. No doubt they were personal friends with Pharaoh's children. Servants attended to their every need and they they received the best education available at that time. They were heirs of a huge financial estate. They easily could have succeeded in whatever careers they chose in Egypt. In these circumstances, it would have been natural for a grandfather to bless his grandsons by saying something like, May you prosper in Egypt even as your father has prospered. May you amass great fortunes and enjoy the best that the world has to offer. But instead, Jacob, the lowly shepherd, who is a pilgrim in Egypt, to avoid starvation in the famine-stricken Canaan, adopts these two princes as his own and confers on them the blessing of Abraham. You know, a worldly minded parent might have thought something like, well, whoop de doo! So you're giving them a double portion of the famine stricken land of Canaan, but you don't even own a square foot of it except for the burial cave. Now, here in Egypt, you've got everything that anyone could ever dream of having, and you're giving them a piece of dry ground that you don't even own to give away. But what was Jacob really giving his grandsons? See, by faith in God's yet unfulfilled promises, he was giving the boys the spiritual blessings of Abraham, which were far better than the worldly blessings of Egypt. And even though there was not a shred of tangible evidence that God would give the land to Jacob's descendants, Jacob believed God's promises and handed this off to his grandsons. See, it's a tragedy that many Christian parents today hope more that their children and grandchildren will succeed materially than that they will succeed spiritually. They would be thrilled to hear that one of their kids got accepted into medical school or landed a fat contract with a professional sports team or something. But even if they heard that the kids were headed for the mission field in a poor country, they'd try to talk some sense into them. They wouldn't want them to throw their lives away with nothing materially to show for it. Besides, they'd rather have the grandkids nearby. But that is a thoroughly worldly attitude. First and foremost, we should want our children to walk with God wherever that may lead them in terms of a career or even a geographic location. Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph at death were concerned about their children and that they would have the blessing of God. What are you passing on to your children? The thing you value most to pass on to your children is not our wealth, but our spiritual heritage in Christ. We must teach our children to love and obey the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as he is manifested in Christ. See, the patriarchs were concerned about God's blessing on their children. The last thoughts their children had of Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph were about their concern to keep God's promise. So I ask the question, what will your children remember you for when you die? Will it be your wealth, your wit, your great name, your great person? I trust not, but that your children will remember you as men and women of faith, who were not afraid of death and believed in the one true and living God. Wow. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. You know, we're going to continue our study next week in Hebrews 11. So until then, I hope that you stay safe and enjoy God's creation. Now, our God is an awesome God and worthy of our praise. I hope to see you soon. This is Ridge Adams from Memorial Baptist Church in Temple, Texas. May God bless you as you continue to seek his face.